your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and does not cost you a single penny. It ensures you never miss another episode. And as always, we love and appreciate the support you provide us. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On tonight's show, there are a couple of different topics to discuss. I think um, we have one involving Winnipeg's protection list and why the Jets need to be really picky when it comes to who they protect on the back end. I also wanted to talk about some of their upcoming free agent D-men and whether or not the Brandon Carlo extension in Boston is a comparable for Neil Pionk. After that, we'll talk about one of the trades that took place today and the Gabriel Landeskog situation, probably one of the more interesting free agent stories out of this entire offseason. Let's first start off, though, with uh, Winnipeg's protection list and why I'm a little bit troubled to see the reports that there is an expectation of Dylan DeMello being exposed over Logan Stanley. Now, I know what a lot of folks are thinking. You know, Logan Stanley is the quote, end quote, um, homegrown talent kind of guy. He's the developed prospect. He's younger. A lot of people like his size, his physicality. He's got a booming shot. And for a player of his size, he actually moves pretty rapidly. I think he can actually close down the distance in the corners, and he seems to have pretty decent agility. He is a relatively mobile defender, but in a lot of ways, I think where I start to question is, you know, he was very sheltered, and I felt like in the minutes that he received, he wasn't particularly impressive. As a guy who eats up like 12 minutes a night on your third pairing, I actually think Stanley brings a decent amount of value. He's got a big shot. He's, you know, pretty offensive when he actually jumps into the rush. And part of me actually thinks he could be useful on the power play, although I don't know just how much because he tends to be a volume shooter, and sometimes I would actually prefer him to not take as many shots. But that aside, Stanley is very much a third-pairing defender, not somebody that I would be um, too keen on, on losing necessarily, but he is the player that ends up being the most expendable when you look at Winnipeg's blue line. There are a handful of guys that the Jets are going to protect. Morrissey is going to be one of them, even though I would argue Morrissey should be exposed. The other guy, though, that seems like the team might not be protecting is Dylan DeMello. And for the life of me, I don't really understand why that would ever be a consideration. DeMello is this team's first or second best defender, and what he does for this team is he makes it functional. Which may not sound like a ringing endorsement, but when you look at what Winnipeg is working with on the back end and how the rest of the forwards play, what Dylan does is actually hugely impressive. He's a skilled puck mover with a really high play-reading IQ. Oftentimes, I've seen DeMello adjusting and reacting to how his partner is moving and where he detects threats coming from, you know, well in advance of the play, and he's often been very good at shutting down these opportunities. I know that Dylan is often seen as a, a player who's maybe not super flashy or exciting or, or fancy or anything, but what he does is very effective. He's the kind of guy that provides you a safety valve. But I think, moreover, he's just really darn good at what he does. He's a very effective attacker, especially inside the offensive zone, because he's got very good vision and passing. I think a lot of that tends to go under the radar, but when it comes to stuff like shot selection, he's sneakily underrated. 
On like a real contender, yes, DeMello probably slots in as your number two right-handed defender, but on Winnipeg's roster, he's the clear number one. There's not really any other options, and when he plays with Morrissey, he actually makes Josh a, a functional defender. Morrissey away from DeMello is kind of a mess. I think we've seen that over the past couple of years that Morrissey has really fallen off, and I don't know if he's ever going to recover form. That's one of the reasons why I think he actually should be exposed, especially considering his cap and uh, contract value, but I just, I don't really understand why people are so gung-ho to dump DeMello. I, I feel like they watch him and they don't really understand why he's so good. Or if they do watch him and realize that he is a very good safety valve, then they don't really appreciate what that does for the rest of the team and how important it is. I know that DeMello, again, isn't exactly a flashy defender, but the thing that he does is he balances out most of the other pairings, and he allows Morrissey to be a more functional blue liner. That relieves a lot of pressure for the Jets, and I think people underestimated just how much of an impact he had when he went out in the, uh, the second round series against Montreal. As soon as he went out, I mean, the rest of the defense fell apart. Shifley was obviously a tremendous loss in that first game, but I think the more important loss was DeMello going out in the first five minutes. Once that happened, the series was basically decided because the rest of the D pairings really can't keep up. It's a little bit frightening to see the Jets are so reliant on one guy to basically bail out the blue line every single time, but DeMello is that good. I, I know, again, he's a complimentary piece in some areas, but I think he has a lot of very underappreciated skill sets, and outside of Pionk, he's like the only clear-cut protect that I would see on this roster. I don't think that there are many other defenders that the Jets would be too fussed about losing, but DeMello is, is clearly one of them. In the bizarre off chance that Winnipeg ends up exposing Dylan, I would be just uh, appalled. I mean, he's on a really good contract value. I think he's a great player. He wants to be in Winnipeg. He's, you know, he's a family guy. He seems to have a great personality. I really don't understand why the Jets fans who watch him would be so willing to leave him exposed over someone like Logan Stanley. I get it. Logan is a fun kid at times. He's a big guy. You know, we have plenty of online memes about him. He's got a great shot. I mean, he, he genuinely brings some good value to your third pairing. But beyond that, you would be projecting a lot of extra value on him that he just hasn't shown. And while I appreciate what he does on that third pairing, I just can't see him doing much more than that. Whereas Dylan DeMello is an established NHLer playing at a very high level. If the Jets were to fire him into the sun and allow him to go to Seattle, Winnipeg would rue the day. It would be like losing, I guess, Toby Enstrom would be the most comparable thing I would think of. And it would be one of the worst decisions the Jets have made in recent times. I mean, they don't really make all that many, like, huge, huge glaring mistakes, but I would say, in my opinion, losing DeMello for nothing would be at the top of the list. Not quite, like, top, top ever, but, you know, pretty high up there, so... I, th I think the Jets really need to be smart. I'm hoping that all of this speculation is just that. It's just speculation. But the fact that all these media outlets are suddenly saying the same thing at the same time, it makes me a little suspicious. I'm hoping it's just hearsay and nothing more. But usually when this stuff starts to leak, it's because somebody from the Jets is trying to prep everyone for it. Let's hope Winnipeg does the right thing and protects Dylan DeMello. Speaking of defenders, the Jets have a major contract extension to try and decide on, and that is Neil Pionk. We'll talk about one of the other major contract extensions from another team that occurred, this one being Brandon Carlo, and whether or not that might set a free agent precedent for the D market. Before then though, I thought you should hear about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. Fear not, BetOnline has your back. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at their website. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international football, and every sport in between. No matter what you're into, BetOnline has your back. 
Before that next pitch or face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all of your favorite teams begin their playoff quests for glory. Win as your favorite teams win. To get started, register for a free account at BetOnline.ag and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON at registration for the matched welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are now taking a look at um, another major D signing for the Jets that would be obviously a, a very complicating factor for the expansion draft, and that, of course, is Neil Pionk. I think for me and a lot of fans, Pionk has become something of a favorite. This guy just does not seem to quit. When it comes to players who really work hard and deserve something of like uh, maybe a letter on their shoulder or something, I actually look at Neil Pionk a lot. He was always someone for me when he first started as as a player with genuine potential, especially offensively speaking, but I was really unsure if his defensive game was ever going to round out. I know that he was kind of thrown to the Wolves in New York, but again, with how bad he was there, I was a little bit skeptical. And yet, over the years, he's really warmed his way into my heart, and he's actually a great player. He's probably Winnipeg's first or second best defender, along with DeMello. You could probably argue either way. But Pionk is legit really flippin' good, and I think a lot of people are maybe underestimating just how important he is to this team. And it's also really difficult to figure out how you get him under contract, because you look at Winnipeg's D pipeline and, and certainly what the Jets have on, on their books right now, and with a Morrissey contract, Pionk becomes a little bit challenging to sign. I would actually have preferred Pionk on what Morrissey got, but, you know, obviously we can't go back and rewrite history, so the Jets have a few decisions to make. And looking at the extension market right now, a lot of teams have kind of taken term over high cap hits, which is interesting. It seems like a lot of teams are expecting not to really finish these contracts out somehow, but, you know, uh, we have like a, a sort of a comparable, I guess, in Brandon Carlo signing for six years at around $4.1 million per season. I will say right off the bat that Pionk is going to get more, I would imagine, like four and a half to five million, and he would be worth it. And the reason that Pionk is going to get that that increase in his wages is because in terms of like offensive production and stuff, Pionk just blows Carlo out of the water. Brandon is more of like a two-way defender with a stronger defensive presence, but in terms of his offensive impact, he doesn't really have that same level of, of gifted skating, shooting, and passing and all that stuff. Basically, all the creative instincts and things that make Pionk a really well-rounded attacking defender. And it's clear from, like, Pionk racking up, you know, dozens and dozens of points each season that the dude is pretty legit at doing this on a pretty consistent basis. Sure, a lot of his scoring has come off the power play, but in terms of, like, his even-strength production, he's still pretty darn good. And I think that it's it's to the point where you could argue he might be close to, like, a first-pairing defender. Not, like, a top elite number one or anything, but certainly as, like, a complementary number two, he's kind of pushing on that door. And those guys aren't usually all that cheap, especially somebody who scores as many points as Pionk does. And I feel like Winnipeg's kind of in a tight spot, because I feel like they can't really live without him, but they also don't know what to do with him. What I do find fascinating is that when it comes to Pionk, there's just been no word whatsoever. We haven't really heard anything about a contract extension, we haven't heard about his protection status, it's just been dead silent on that front. I am pretty sure it's basically a lock that he's going to get protected because he he is an RFA and certainly he's Winnipeg's most valuable defender um, other than Dylan DeMello. But what I do want to know is if the Jets would try to trade him before then. I don't think so. I think Pionk is going to be extended somehow. I don't know how the contract situation is going to work, but I think Winnipeg is very much committed to Neil and I would be surprised if they would be keen to let him go. I don't think that that's the case. I think they want Pionk in, in Winnipeg Navy for a while. Um... I guess in terms of risk with this kind of contract stuff, I feel like Pionk could always revert to an earlier form of himself that was maybe less than ideal. 
but I feel pretty safe betting on Neil. I, I feel like we've seen a really steady growth from him over the past couple of seasons. He's like 25 or 26 at a very good age, and if you sign him for like six or so years, I think you're going to be pretty happy with the contract. Lock him up until he's like 30 or 31. You get many years of a top four defender who's actually very good at what he does, and if things kind of flame out, you can always move him. But I get the sense that Neil is kind of like a foundational player for this blue line. Not somebody who you build around, but somebody who is a core piece of that blue line crew that you want to build eventually. And I think the other reality is Winnipeg just doesn't have anyone who does what he does on a consistent basis to fill in that spot if he were to leave. Thankfully, it's not like he's just getting resigned just to be resigned and, and fill a warm body spot. He's actually great, and I love him. Um, I know that Carlo's contract may seem like a decent point of reference, but Carlo is a very low-scoring defender, and over the past couple of years, we do see often that when it comes to defensive contracts, it's always going to be based around points. So Neil's going to be at least a million to a million and a half more. I think he's worth it. I would do it in a heartbeat, but it's going to depend on what exactly the Jets can do in terms of their cap situation, especially long-term, and I would prefer to keep the uh, the cap hit down a bit. As much as I want the extension to happen, I think that there are certain considerations that Winnipeg has to work through first, and uh, deciding what to do with Morrissey, figuring out if Blake Wheeler is going to be here long-term, and then kind of going from there is, is a starting point. If Andrew Kopp is definitely departing, which that kind of seems to be which way the team is leaning... I, I would imagine that Pionk becomes a little bit more sensible to afford, but, you know, the Jets always like to spend a little bit less than some of the other teams. They've said that they're a cap team. Sometimes they are, but they haven't been really needing to push the cap and be a contender for the past couple of years, because let's be honest, team's just not that great. Whatever the case may be, I just hope that, you know, Neil Pionk is able to remain a Jet for a long time. I really love him. I think he's a great player. I can't believe I've actually uh, fallen for him in terms of you know, a lot of the guys who have come through this roster, and certainly over the past couple of years, I, I wouldn't be upset if they moved on, but Pionk would be somebody that I, I would be kind of heartbroken if he left. That guy is a legitimately gritty workhorse, and if the Jets lose him, it's going to suck a lot. Let me know what you would extend Pionk for on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Moving right along, we're going to talk about a trade announce, and then from the same team, a free agency situation revolving around Gabriel Landeskog. Before we get ahead of ourselves, though, I did want to shout out tonight's sponsors at rockauto.com. I mentioned them earlier because I think they're a great service, and if you are constantly tired of going to auto parts stores and waiting through lines only to find out that they don't have the part that you need because there are way too many vehicles out there to service, rockauto.com is about to become your new friend. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a flow mat replacement, rockauto.com's diverse catalog is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? rockauto.com never charges a membership fee and all users pay the same prices no matter their level of experience or industry go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com today Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts about the uh, the Avalanche Devils trade and the Avalanche free agency situation with Gabriel Landeskog. Let's start with the trade, though. This one's an interesting one. Colorado has sent Ryan Graves to New Jersey in exchange for Mikhail Maltsev and a second round pick from New Jersey for this year's draft. Now, this is the kind of deal that's made when it comes for an expansion draft because obviously teams need to jettison a, a player here and there if they don't want to lose them for nothing. Graves was probably going to be an option for somebody to select. 
because he's actually an NHLer. Like he's he's a solid number five D, I would say. I don't know if he's like a number four or like a second pairing player, but in terms of the role that he was given and what he actually did, I, I think he's okay. He's a solid player, like a second or a third pairing D. He's not going to be somebody that Colorado, you know, loses sleep over having gone to another team, but if they were to lose him for nothing, that kind of would be, you know, an obvious issue. So they jumped out ahead, brought in a roster forward who will probably be a minor league player and a second round pick, which is actually pretty decent. From New Jersey's perspective, I think Graves would easily be, you know, one of their better defenders, not somebody that I would expect to supplant maybe, I don't know, like a Ty Smith or something. But, like, the current crop of defenders is pretty mediocre, so I can't imagine that, you know, Graves isn't going to slot into the top four somewhere. He's pretty decent. He shoots a lot. He can skate. He can hit. You know, he's a solid defender. And certainly for Colorado, he was found money. He's played his role, and now he is moving on to another team where he'll actually probably get more ice time. It seems like a sensible enough deal for both parties, and I'm sure everyone's going to be happy. Where Colorado may not be as happy as when it comes to the Gabriel Landeskog contract discussions, which have hit something of a stalemate. Landeskog is looking for a big extension, I think, you know, six to seven years, and somewhere between seven and a half to eight and a half million dollars. I don't know if I would be looking to pay that much. Um, I think if he were to go to free agency, he probably gets that, but in terms of Colorado's cap situation, they have to play it a little bit cooler. I think Landeskog is actually a really great top six forward, but in terms of players that they simply cannot live without, Landeskog's just not quite in that tier. Which is super weird to say because he's an amazing forward and somebody that I think a lot of teams would easily slot into their first or second line deployments, but in terms of Colorado's depth, I, I think that they could find some way at least to replace him. He's a strong two-way forward with a pretty decent goal-scoring ability, and I think he would be an upgrade for most teams in the NHL. Now, Colorado, should they resign him? I think within reason, I don't want to say that they should be gunning for like seven and a half plus. If it gets to that point, you probably have to start thinking about letting him walk. But if you can get him around six and a half to seven million, especially for like five-ish years, I think that that would be a pretty good contract and I think it would work for both parties. From Landeskog's perspective, I think the biggest question for him is, if I take a discount, does it allow Colorado to be more flexible and go for a cup? And do I believe in my team's ability to, say, actually improve the roster with that extra cap space? In normal situations, if I were that player, I wouldn't really think too much of it. I would probably be looking out for myself in terms of, like, a, a nice next contract. But if you're Landeskog and you're playing for Colorado, which is a team that has seemingly found itself among the most elite squads in the NHL, all that stuff didn't happen by accident. Their front office there with um, Sakic and the rest of the staff is, is phenomenal. I mean, they do a great job. They run a really tight ship. They've really not made any missteps in the past couple of seasons. If I'm Landeskog, I would have to think long and hard about that because the reality of, of maybe forfeiting a few million in lieu of, of a cup run, I, I would be, I don't know, I'd, I'd have a really hard time with that because on the one hand, obviously money is great and you want to make the most that you can. But on the other hand, how many other teams are actually going to give you a chance to win the, the big trophy? Of the teams positioned in, you know, the, the playoff hunt, I really don't know that there are many other teams like Colorado that are poised to really ascend to greatness and win it all. So if if I'm Landeskog, I think it's a really difficult decision. I don't think the answer is super clear-cut, and I don't know what I would choose. I feel like, you know, in my heart, I would probably go for, like, a cup run, and I feel like being in Colorado anyways, where I'm comfortable, where I've got friends, where I've got great chemistry and perform well... I would really be hard-pressed to want to leave that. But, you know, if he does, 
He's going to have a couple of teams that I could imagine trying to fit him. The Jets are not one of those teams. I doubt Winnipeg would be a landing spot, but you could imagine some teams trying to make moves. I don't know if Vancouver would try and free up cap space for him. Seattle would 100% take a run at him. I think he would be a great first-line winger there. Um, beyond that, I don't know how many other teams would try for it. Maybe Arizona if they thought they could hack it. I don't think the Yotes are in a really good spot for that kind of stuff, though. And just thinking about the field of teams that he could sign with, I don't know that many of them are anywhere near as close to a cup as, as Colorado seems to be. You know, it's not guaranteed, but it's certainly a better shot at, at a cup than any of the other teams that he could go to, so I don't envy his position, but I'm sure he'll make the right one for his career and will know what he wants to do soon enough. If you were Landis Cog, what would you do? Would you take a lower uh, salary for the chance at a cup, or would you try to chase the bag and hope for the best? Let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For tonight's show, though, that will do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts so you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Lockdown Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Lockdown Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.